Hey, Rosebuds, and welcome to the Rose Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Rose, Tommy Rose, Tom Rose, T. Rose, and I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend spent with family, friends, and loved ones. I was not able to travel this year due to work and school obligations, Uh, so I was... um, in the Pittsburgh area while my dad was in South Florida. Um, But it is what it is. We have responsibilities that we have to um, take care of. Uh, As you can see, everybody is now officially kicking off Christmas retail-wise. In fact, I went to I didn't go anywhere or do anything special I just went to this restaurant called Denny's it's kind of like a 24-hour diner and I basically had my Thanksgiving dinner there uh, got my coffee to go and I went to Walmart and Target driving around the parking lot sipping on my coffee while it was cold outside and people were going mad crazy for things that you know they probably can't afford Because it was, you know, not even Black Friday. It's like 6 o'clock Thanksgiving night and then all the retail stores open. It's like, wow. It's like every year that goes by, it seems, you know, that Black Friday is becoming Black Thanksgiving. But anyways, uh, moving on, let's get ready to play in the soil. And uh, let's uh, pick up where we left off last week. If you're new to the Rose Garden Podcast, please like, share, subscribe, and uh, yeah, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, uh, thank you so much. And to everybody, I love you. You guys are amazing. Uh, And if you want to be a part of the Rose Garden Podcast, uh, just send an email to therosegardenpodcast at gmail.com. That is the Rose Garden Podcast at gmail.com. I welcome any tips, tricks, suggestions, show ideas, uh, guests, feedback. Um, we do read those emails, so please be nice, but be truthful and be direct. Um, so let's pick up where we have been going for the past couple of weeks. This, I believe, makes installment number three for Commonplace Book. And for those of you that don't know what a commonplace book is, it's a term that was used uh, way back in the day. I had to look it up before studying it this semester. It's a term where you would write down or jot down any ideas you would have so that way you wouldn't lose those ideas. And along the way, you start building connections between these ideas and things happen to those ideas. Things happen to those doodles and those scribbles and those pictures and those phrases and words and ideas because, you know, we didn't just wake up one day and have an idea. No, the, the seed was planted through our experiences and the things we go through and the people we interact with, um, which we'll talk about that more um, either this episode or another episode, but um yeah so let's get right into it um i want to talk to you guys about 
uh, materialism and uh, what's the what's the word minimalist or the minimalist type of mindset. Uh, I know you see it on on TV. They they're actually building uh, homes for people that want to live like bare bones with nothing uh, instead of the houses and stuff. But I bring this up because I was in class one day and we were talking about uh, minimalist and materialism and how there's a conflict between the two because I feel like we're caught as a society, you know, we have, and, and this is going to sound like a very out there statement, but we're caught between two worlds, minimal and maximum. And if you look hard enough, it's deeply rooted in mathematics, economics, and prison systems too. You know, minimal meaning the low portion of the bell curve, like, you know, and the maximum is the high point of the bell curve. So that's your mathematics and economics reference. Same thing with uh, prisons. You have minimum security and you have maximum security. Just like lifestyles, you have keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, keeping up with the Kardashians, sorry. Uh, I think I almost choked on my own spit while trying to talk. So... The keeping up with her Kardashians, uh, you know, shop until you drop lifestyle, overpriced multi-million dollar homes, and, you know, just, you know, insurance from, you know, the company Lloyd's of London for jewelry or body parts and walk-in closets that look like Macy's in New York City with eight floors, red carpet catwalks of who you're wearing and who you're smelling like today because... Every fragrance seems to smell like somebody or something. Now, the opposite side of that is you Netflix made a documentary about these type of people and titled it Minimalism. If you haven't already, uh, go, uh, go check it out. It's interesting. Um, you know, it, it's odd. I mean, because they have practically nothing except for, like, one piece of furniture, you know, and, like, one couple, like, I don't know, like, one pair of sneakers and one car. And if that, they may have a bicycle or something. But, yeah, uh, go check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, and in transitioning, you know... As humans, we compare ourselves to these benchmarks of others. You know, at certain age, we're supposed to be able to do a certain thing or accomplish a certain thing or have a certain thing or have some type of status. Um, and I, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing it's not so much about comparing myself to others, but it's a matter about, it's more for me, you know, For me, I understand I'm working in my own pace, my own way, and I will get to where I am going, but as much as I want to go from point A to point Z by the time I snap my fingers, I got to just slow down and, you know, enjoy the road along the way. But 
sometimes it's very difficult. <laughs> um, now, I gave you an idea about the Kardashians and how they have this over-the-top everything. And uh, not too long ago, I was the complete opposite. Um, I had an apartment that I had been there for at least four or five years. Uh, air mattress, air blow-up couch, uh, one folding table. You know, like, if you were to, like, there were no pictures on the walls, like, nothing. It was just black, like, bleh, you know. And apparently I didn't believe in uh, 3M command hook strips then. And now I do because it's amazing. And also you get your money back for your security deposit. Um, thank you, Tim Gunn, for being the spokesperson now for them. But anyways, I digress. Um, if you look at the place that I had, you probably would have thought that I was a minimalist or that I was just, like, poor. And you wouldn't know anything else about me except for what you see. And, I mean, I did an episode on our college radio station uh, several several, several weeks ago where I spoke about how I bought a bedroom furniture set for my new place and how I didn't buy just the bed, I just went over the top and bought everything. But, you know, you would think that at a certain point uh, a man should have an actual bed, right, and not an air mattress. However, I'm in a much better place than I was like five years ago. Um, thank you, universe, for that. But what I... What I'm trying to get at is you would have thought that I was poor because I didn't have those things. And it's not that I'm poor. It's just that I've always lived in a life of uncertainty growing up in foster care and growing up not knowing sometimes where I was going to sleep and being able to put all of my belongings into a garbage bag and just leave if I needed to, like if the caseworker came to the house or the the shelter or whatever and said, okay, okay, Tom, you know, we got a place for you tonight. You're going to go sleep here. Well, it was so easy to travel so light and to have so less because every time I moved, I keep having, I kept getting less and less stuff because people either kept stealing it or I didn't have space to like put things down and plant roots into establish myself um, and so that's how that came about you know and even when I faced homelessness it was so easy for me to carry that mentality over from past traumas and abuse and PTSD to okay well everything can fit in the in the trunk of my car so you know, you just deflate the bed, you deflate the couch, roll it up, air it out, put it in the bag, boom, bada bing, bada boom, let's go. But it's not the way I really want to live, you know? So, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. I'm actually reading, uh, well, I'm not reading directly from, I'm just trying to point out some of the highlights from my commonplace book entries because I do want to stick on schedule uh, with posting these podcasts every Tuesday night between like 11 and, and I think it's between like 11 and 12 a.m. So that way by the time you wake up the next day, it's like there for you to listen to. Um, 
one thing I want to talk about is how, or one thing I want to ask you is, how do you know when you're in conflict between having too much or too little? You know, is there an, is there a happy medium? Because I love the fact that you know, we have Apple Pay and, you know, I can just use Face ID or Touch ID and voila, I can order just about anything. I can even do that at the gas station. I can do that at Walmart. I can do that at McDonald's and other, you know, uh, places that accept those type of mobile payments. And sometimes that gets you into trouble. And then you end up with a lot of credit card debt or you end up buying things you know, as Susie Orman once said, because uh, I met her actually back in 2009. I was in Boca Raton and I met her and she was doing a book book tour or a book thing at the mall. And I met her and one of the things that she always used to say is, especially around the holidays, um, why spend money you don't have to impress people you don't like with things you can't afford? Wow. <clears throat> I wish I would have known that like late high school, early college when I, as Dave Ramsey says, did stupid with a lot of zeros. Um, I learned very quickly when I was the one paying for everything who all my friends were and it's like, Oh, hey guys, uh, can you start paying me back? Oh, what? You don't know me? What? Didn't respond to my text message until three days later? A week? A month? What? <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> yep. In fact, I got into credit card debt multiple times in my life. And because I was determined and had this like sense of responsibility... I didn't declare bankruptcy. I paid it all back. So these impulsive behaviors and this attitude of instant gratification and the mindset of, oh, I'll worry about it later. Um, or even these lawyers, you see all these lawyer things on TV. Um, if you're up north, one of the ones that's on TV is J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's nice to have things, you know, and, and to be able to have nice things and do nice things and seem like a success to the outside world. But if you're like broke, if you're, what do they call it? If you're car poor or house poor or whatever, like you, like you have nothing, you have no room for nothing else in your life except for the fancy house you live in and the fancy car you drive. Uh, success is not defined by how much you make or how much you have and who you're wearing or how much you donated to charity around the holiday season. Success is defined by how much you're growing and how much you're learning and how are you making connections and how are you leaving the world a better place than when you entered it. I mean, it's my hope that every single person can afford a nice house and have a single job instead of multiple jobs and have health insurance and raise a family. I mean, I, I think that we'll keep that dream alive. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna crush the dream. Um, but 
it's important to live within your means and not your greed. Same thing at the dinner table, for example. You know, your stomach is uh, bigger. You know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Um, that's something that I grew up uh, learning the lesson the hard way. <laughs> um, same thing when you go to trade in your electronics. You know, your trade-in values are not the same as for, you know, not the same as what you paid for that thing. And also, when you die, you can't take it with you. Think of all the money you've lost. I mean, I'm gonna throw this out there. If you really wanna, you really wanna take a whirl, uh, you know. I wanna say that you're not successful until you've been fired from a job at least once in your life. How do I know this? Because I have been fired from a job at least once in my life, and it taught me a valuable lesson. While money is important, it is not the only thing. There's so much more to life than just chasing the almighty dollar. And that brings me to my next train of thought is, if you're waking up every day and you're doing the same stupid shit, it, it, it's boring why would we're not meant to just wake up eat sleep shit go to work pay the bills repeat eat sleep shit that is more depressing than i can possibly think of i mean what's what's more depressing than that you're not living life you're not you're not connecting you're not you're just you're just a robot you're you are replacing humanoids <laughs> For androids, you become an android, um, but you can't plug yourself into the wall when your juices are low. You do gotta sleep at some point. Mm. One of the things that we've been talking about this semester in this one class is this idea of narratives and stories and how everyone and everything is connected to one another. Now, and it, it, it got me thinking because there are so many times I'll stand in line and I'll see somebody and I'll judge them and I come up with this story in my head like, oh, that guy, he's just using his fancy iPhone, uh, he's stock trading and, you know, he secretly has a million dollar mansion and, and then you watch him leave the store with his one bag and he gets into the cheapest car known to mankind. Uh, this idea of always thinking and always being creative is, is amazing. And it goes, you know, it goes to say, in lecture we were talking about this guy named John. His last name is K-O-E-N-I-G. And he created this word called Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R, which is defined as the realization that each random passer-buyer is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, inherited craziness, an epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you will never that you never knew 
existed in which you might appear only once as an extra sipping of coffee in the background, a blur or a traffic passing by on the highway, as a light, as a lighted window at dusk. Basically what it means is that we are a series of stories that are forever unfolding and forever evolving. And I just thought that was interesting because I find myself sometimes driving. Now, mind you, I know where I'm going and I'm aware of where I'm going, but my mind just sometimes it wanders way beyond <laughs> the depths of this realm. <laughs> um, and even if I'm in the shower, for example, too, like I talk out loud, I think out loud and just I have random thoughts that come by and sometimes when we pass people in the store or at the gas station, I see you and in my head, I, I often wonder like, are you going to see me again? You know, and I think I hinted last time about not last time, but in one of the previous episodes before, uh, you know, if you were to never, ever, ever, ever in your life, with certainty, see my face again or hear my voice again, would our interaction be different than, say, seeing me tomorrow, next week, next month, six months from now, a year, five years, ten years, whatever the case may be? Would our interaction be different? That's something for you to think about. And one of the things that I've been... Uh, doing and that I picked up on really quickly is that the courses that I'm taking, two of them uh, particularly, they seem to fit together like a Puzz 3D. If you don't know what a Puzz 3D is, where have you been? Because when I was a kid, Puzz 3D was amazing. It was, it was a way to bring two-dimensional puzzles into three-dimensional reality. It's like tiny pieces of foam that you create into an actual three-dimensional puzzle of most of them were buildings like the Eiffel Tower, the White House, things like that. You know, and I think that if you're aware of the connections to be had in life, especially as you're going about your day, you'll find that everything connects but nothing connects and it's up to us to make them connect. You know, we're, we're, I wonder sometimes if we're just one big story or a set of stories all woven together in a web of significance or ignorance. Um, one thing I remember one of my professors was talking about is the most powerful story that is uh, true to people is the Bible. Now, the Bible is a story, and some people, you know, not all myths are true, and not all stories are true, but the Bible is a mythical book. This is, uh, I'm paraphrasing something of what this individual professor said. The Bible is a mythical book and is held together based on faith. 
which is the evidence of things we cannot see. That's, that's a, <laughs> I mean, if you're Catholic, I think that that's a hard thing to swallow. Because um, I remember looking around the classroom and just seeing some of the reactions from other students in the class. Um, I mean, I know in the Bible there's this dude named Thomas, and he's called Doubting Thomas. Um, I've always wondered if my parents knew about that, because there are certain things that I'd rather see the facts and the proof and the evidence in order to get behind that claim that somebody is trying to make towards me about something. And I think he... I think this Thomas fellow became an apostle. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not a uh, scholar person when it comes to the Bible. Um, I'm not deeply educated on it or its history. But one funny thing to note that is history is if you take the word history and you, and you rip it apart, you get two words, his story. So throwing that out there where we're talking about stories and connections and everyone's connected but nothing connects and yeah, history, his story. There's that keyword, story. Um, don't get me wrong, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I remember history being one of the boring classes for me in school because I was like, it already happened. Why do I need to memorize this? You know, and then you, you soak it all up and you regurgitate it and vomit it back out on a test to get the letter grade so you can advance your academic career and feel like you have a sense of superior intellect. But by the end of the semester, there's like, Everything goes in, and the minute that test happens, everything leaves. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I am going to be covering, um, you know, up until, like, I'll probably do, like, one or two more entries from my Commonplace book because I've spaced out the podcasts episodes to bring us toward the end of the semester so that way it can kind of give me gears later on to shift this focus and this vision and this intention and this design but I want to move on to talking about time space and calendars I mean I love technology I really do um I love that I can just bark orders at Siri on my phone and get instant gratification without actually having to go to the library and pick up an encyclopedia. Yes, that's right, encyclopedia. They these were the, they were they were these books that we had in the library, you know, uh, until uh, what's the company that made this encyclopedia? Uh, Bron Bronica or something like that. I think back in 95 or 98, they started putting them onto CD-ROMs 
and then you would just do like software updates. But, you know, multiple sources say that the Mayan calendar was created like way back in the day, like 3114 BCE. And then the clock was invented in the 14th century. Uh, but the first clock was invented in nine. Uh, no, not in nineteen. Yeah, I wish. Uh, in sixteen fifty six. Now, mind you, this is twenty eighteen. I I just pulled those things off of Google. I just typed in like you know when is the first clock? When was time invented? Who invented time? Like I was doing some really good deep you know research here, but that's not research. That's just being lazy. <laughs> And I never, I never understood this madness or this obsession with time and dates. You know, we come into the world tabula rasa, blank slate, and things are imprinted on us all the time. We celebrate birthdays and holidays and all of a sudden... Like for me, for example, here, let's take my life, for example. I was born December 14th. Elementary school is where I learned how to tell time with this thing called Judy Clocks. You, If you don't know what it is, you can go Google it. It's uh, J-U-D-Y Clocks. And as I grew older, my obsession with time became worse. Age is a clock. My class in college starts at 9.30 a.m. You know, 30 minutes equals 20 cents for the parking meters across the street from the building that I walk to on, on college campus. Punching in and punching out of work, that's time. You know, morning radio shows help me with my commute. Time becomes a ritual of our existence. And if you look at time as a physical clock, that's one way. But look at time and its association with calendars. Because usually when we think of time... We, we're always planning ahead, adding things to our calendar ahead of time. We never go back after Christmas and say, oh, let me add Christmas to my calendar. It happened on, you know, it happened two weeks ago, but it needs to be on my calendar. No, time is always moving forward. And once it's gone, it's gone. You can never get it back. Calendars are no different. We have structure. Um, it, it's the same, like... Calendars are no different than time in the same sense that they are made by man to define time, space, place, and meanings. As a child, I only really cared about my birthdays, holidays, and family visiting hours when I was in different group homes and different shelters and different placements, you know, because those were times that we were supposed to celebrate. Those were things that would bring joy and happiness, you know. And as you get older, you're supposed to get wiser. I mean, I hope we're all getting wiser. I hope we're all learning something as we age. 
Mm. I really love uh, this ice caramel latte with skim milk from Dunkin' Donuts. It is amazing. However, I don't really know if almost to midnight I should be drinking iced coffee. Um, so yeah, so we're talking about time and calendars and someone had invented uh, this calendar. I mean, 52 weeks spanning over 12 months. Whew, talk about blinking your eyes and time is gone, right? It all starts off with January. We kick off with New Year's resolutions. February, we have Valentine's Day, or if you're single, Extortion Day. March, we have St. Patrick's Day. It's a day where Americans, you know, have a, well, quote, valid excuse to get drunk and drink green beer uh, and get beads if you're in New Orleans because you got the Mardi Gras. I don't think that happens in March, so I could be wrong. April, you have April Fool's Day, but we also have Easter, and for children, it's about the Easter Bunny and the presents and the chocolate eggs and the candy and things like that. For adults, it's mostly about religion. Um, April, showers, May, flowers, and Mother's Day is also in May. But honestly, do we need a whole day to talk about mothers when they really should be celebrated year-round because... Uh, it takes two to tango, if you know what I mean. Um, I used to work retail, and it used to make me sick when I would see like young kids, male, you know, young dudes or you know, teenagers or you know, just young folks, young kids, come in on Mother's Day and they would buy flowers and Mother's Day cards and stuff. And it's like, dude, it's like midnight, and like in about five minutes, it's gonna be Mother's Day, and you're just now like buying this stuff like plan ahead show some respect you know so that's may and pretty much halfway through the year and then we usher in june with father's day and grilling season july is the birthday of america with fireworks august is a whole season all by itself it's back to school season um you know streets are filled with uh velveta colored school buses and then you kick off the retail shopping with like back to school, no sales tax week and September, nothing really except for furniture commercials advertising the lowest price of the season. Uh, no other deals out there. And then like a couple weeks later, it's like, well, this is just a rerun of what you had last week. October is Halloween. Loved by dentists. Hated you know, hated by children who get dental floss in their trick-or-treat bags or apples. If you are a parent out there and you, I, it's, if you put an apple in a child's trick-or-treat bag or floss, shame on you. <laughs> what did that poor child do to you? <laughs> um, anyways, that's just my little, you know, fit on that. Also, at some point, I think... Do adults, like, should adults really stop dressing up for Halloween, like, and going out trick-or-treating? Like, isn't there a cutoff age? Alright. And October 31st is the only day that we suspend our war on terror in favor of terror. What I mean is, we have haunted houses, we have theme parks, we have 
a day where you basically scare the shit out of somebody and it's perfectly legal. And then at the stroke of midnight on Halloween, we have November, which ushers in holiday music and the holiday season, because why not? Um, it becomes socially acceptable in this country to play Christmas music at 11.59.59 a.m. on November 1st. <laughs> or, yeah, is that? No, midnight, which turns into November 1st. And then you have uh, Gobble Gobble, here comes Thanksgiving, but by 5 p.m. it turns into Black Friday. So if Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday and 5 o'clock retail stores or 6 o'clock retail stores are open, can we really call it Black Friday? Or, is, has, or has Black Friday become Black Thanksgiving? What an excuse to shop until you drop because all of a sudden you have a heart attack when the bills come in January. And, oh yes, the most important part, in December we have my birthday. Yes, that's right, my birthday. Um, and you have Christmas. So congratulations, you made a whole year and survived. How many hours did you spend working for the man? Did your ends justify the means? Did you sacrifice your health in any way? Um, I just want you to, as this holiday season starts to invade you and invade your space, and I just really want you to think about those things. And I really want you to think about the relationships you have, your connections, your goals for the new year, um, and what looking forward, you know, looking forward to 2019, um, what do you see for yourself? And you know, what's coming up on that vision board of yours, you know, as Oprah's famous quote, you know, live your best life, you know, there's so many paths to choose. And I wonder if our todays will make us meet in the future. Um, that's something that I, you know, that I think about. Um, I was, you know, the next thing that I want to talk about is intentional relationships but i'm going to save that because we're almost at 40 minutes for this episode and i want to make sure we get everything you know just a little bit of ocd in me wants to keep sticking to that schedule of getting it done by midnight uh it has been fun guys i really appreciate you guys listening to this um if you ever want to be a part of this if you ever want to be a part of the rose garden podcast um you can always send an email to the Rose Garden Podcast at gmail.com. I welcome any tips, tricks, suggestions, show ideas. Uh, if there's anybody you want me to interview, uh, also feedback. If you have any, you know, feedback, whether it's positive or negative, I do welcome that. Just please, just, just please be nice about it. You don't have to be nasty. Um, all emails do get read. Um, and wow, I can't believe it. Um, we just had Thanksgiving and we're almost in December. Um, I, I really, the semester is winding down. I'm at it all for words because I feel like this year is practically over. I feel like I just woke up and flipped pages off the calendar. Um, I'm going to save 
this next uh, thing about relationships for the next time we meet again. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you like, share, subscribe to this podcast, and listen to this podcast wherever you listen to and subscribe to podcasts at. Follow me on all things social media. And until next time, everybody, have a wonderful week. Peace out, everybody.